This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM with Joe Ostrowski. Lion stuff is just, oh my God, I just want to vomit. Aaron Hawksworth. That's all I have to say to that. And Ed Egros. We will do the work for you on the BetQL Network. Now Seeger to right center field, way back there. Well, at least you didn't have to stay up late to cash the tickets or to find out what the actual outcome of that one was going to be. World (laughs) Series game four, all Rangers early on. Corey Seager pushing towards a World Series MVP and the Rangers pushing toward a title as they are now up 3-1. Welcome in to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. I am not Eddie Gross. I am not even close to being Ed. I am Chris Mack filling in for Ed today alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. And we have got you covered today with a million things to go over. We do have to talk about game five tonight. And is there anything left to bet on in this World Series and in game five, specifically Sean Zarillo of the Action Network going to join us in the middle of our third and final hour. Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus for his weekly Wednesday morning visit to BetQL Daily. And so much more. We got college football rankings out. The playoff has the top four ranked. And we can break down whether we think the committee got it right or not. We've got NFL Week 9 line movement and a Thursday night game now just a little bit more than 24 hours away as well. Don't forget, you can watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash betql. We are streaming on your Odyssey app. It's free, so download it today if you haven't yet. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Of course, you can watch us on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. And we're on X at BetQL Daily. Good morning, friends. Aaron, Joe, thank you for letting me insert my ugly mug into your wonderful show for the next few days while Ed is out. Um, First and foremost, I have to ask if you guys are being bludgeoned with Christmas music in your homes the day after Halloween, (laughs) as I am already being bludgeoned early this morning. Were there some uh, requests to Alexa already this morning? Like it turned. Like I woke up, Joe, I woke up this morning. There's snow on the ground in Western Pennsylvania. For those who don't know, I'm based in Pittsburgh. 
Joe, you're in yeah. Chicago. There's snow on the <laughs> ground there. It's like somebody hand-delivered Mariah Carey to our front door. Which <laughs> isn't necessarily a terrible thing, uh. but... Uh, I don't know. I can't do Christmas music on November 1st, guys. No, no, no. Here, I've, this is tough for me because I've got a standing rule, and I always – and I get it. And if I ran, like, a light music station, I would probably be doing the same thing because I know it's going to happen to the ratings. But before Thanksgiving, no, that is a no-go. And I'm the guy that's like, listen to whatever you want to listen to. If it brings you happiness, cool. I've reached that point in my life. But there's just something about the Christmas music, knowing it's going to be here for the next eight weeks. I can't. Yeah. It's too much. Okay, so I went on Instagram this morning, and a friend of mine already put her Christmas tree up today. And I thought, oh. wow, that's a lot. Never oh. thought of that. But I'm not mad at it. Like, you must oh, – I- the turnaround was quick from Halloween. Like, there wasn't much oh. wiggle room to get that tree up and put the picture on Instagram this morning. But then I also saw a post that people who decorate for Christmas early are happier. And I actually do buy into that. I could see it. And it's like you spend the money. Why only enjoy the decorations for a week or two? Get them up early. I I haven't done it, but I think it might be a good strategy and something that I will start doing. What about the flip side? Because I've got neighbors that only live here half the year, and they're going to be leaving shortly. So the Christmas decorations are about to go up. And guess what? Guess what? In March and April, when I go outside, I'm still seeing Christmas decorations because they're not no. back yet. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. So what What about those people that literally leave their stuff up for half the year? No. That's no, you get, you, you get like two weeks after Christmas. I'll give you two whole weeks after Christmas to get that stuff down and put away. But March? No. No, that's doing it wrong. If they can afford to live somewhere else half the year, then they surely can afford to pay someone to put the yes, direction, the decorations in their garage. Like, that's rude and unacceptable <laughs> on all accounts. Well, right. uh, not, not, quite, not quite as rude as getting fired in the middle of the night, maybe. But, I mean, Ooh. at this point, are, are we surprised that it happened to Josh McDaniels? The Raiders fire him and Dave Ziegler, their general manager. Uh, again, I don't, if you had your first coach fired tickets, uh, go ahead and cash them in on McDaniels this morning. I don't think we're necessarily surprised by this, especially when you saw the reactions on the sideline in the locker room after this past weekend's game from Devonte Adams, Jimmy G is not the guy, uh, Josh McDaniels was not the guy. And apparently uh, Mark Davis is going to clean house above and beyond uh, just McDaniels as Ziegler is out as well, Joe. Another Belichick assistant goes down in flames. They think, mm-hmm. okay, maybe this is the time. It's going to happen. He's been sitting there waiting for his opportunity. Nah, he's, Belichick's still hanging on, so he's actually going to leave. And uh, there's a big F, big failure once again. The Eberflus first coach fire tickets are very popular in this area. Those go up in flames. Staley ones are dead. Rivera, that was the hot ticket early in the season. Uh, They're breaking up the team, but those go down as well. And uh, here we are with the Raiders again, paying a coach for a long time. They've got this guy on the hook for four and a half more years. Like He just got there. I totally understand making this move. We all get it. The Jimmy G thing was a mess. You make the move for Devontae. Look how unhappy he is. You can see it uh, during the game on Monday. 
the in-game decisions though, Aaron, I felt like that was the worst. That what we were seeing from him as it was getting worse and worse week after week. Bottom line, getting near the end of year two, this team can't do anything. There are a couple of star players on offense and defense, Avante Adams, Max Crosby, but they aren't well at doing anything like even uh, some teams you could point to okay at least they could stop the run at least they have an identity on offense maybe it's running the football whatever the Raiders don't have any identity and they're out there in that that new stadium they thought McDaniels was a splash you hire well now they're gonna be looking for another one yeah and we've been doing the show a few seasons now what was wrong with Rich Basaccia I loved that guy (laughs) they won four straight games he wasn't a splashy guy interim head coach but like they were getting it done with him now they're going to turn to interim head coach Antonio Pierce not sure I have a strong opinion on that I really don't know what they're going to get there but perhaps more of a player's coach and some veteran leadership type vibes that they'll get uh, while they try to clean house and make some other decisions and as far as McDaniels kind of feels like the Belichick way only works for Belichick in New England because it certainly didn't work for McDaniels in Las Vegas yeah it'll be interesting to see if we get that that new coach bounce especially with Pierce going up against his old team right like he's got Raiders are playing the Giants is there something in there for Antonio Pierce to prove something there are a bunch of guys want to prove something to him on the roster uh, we'll see. Yeah. That That's an interesting one. Uh, Giants, uh, actually dogs, uh, visiting the Raiders. We'll get into line <laughs> movements later this week. Giants, uh, excuse me, later in the show, two and a half uh, the Raiders are favored by. We'll see how that moves throughout the week. And again, if there's any bounce on that with the new coach. It is BetQL Daily presented to you by BetMGM. Chris Mack in for Eddie Gross alongside Joe O and Aaron Hawksworth. And The trade deadline comes and goes, and the commanders light it all on fire, Aaron. They just say, you know what? We're good. Yeah, get out of here. We we, we don't chase Young for a third rounder. Sure, yeah. I mean, what what is the flea market attitude in in Washington? (laughs) Chase Young for a third rounder. Montez (laughs) went to the Bears as well. Um, Like, like I get you've got a young quarterback, and – and you, maybe you're trying to build something on that side of the ball, a, a nice receiving core, but man, to, to kind of still with this much time, you, you didn't get to see a lot of Chase Young when he was healthy. Um, this seems like they're kind of setting things on fire. It really does. And it's you look at the comments from Commanders fans, it's like, a third round pick? But like, yeah. what has this guy done? He hasn't stayed healthy. There's been a lot of issues. And the funny thing is, him and Montez Sweat have been friends. And you look at what the other teams got in terms of value. It's like, you're basically saying Montez Sweat is better than Chase Young at this point. Will Chase yes. Young ever live yes. up to, I agree. <laughs> but will Chase Young ever live up to the hype? That remains to be seen. Perhaps a change of scenery. Maybe he will stay healthy. But uh, the commanders, we, I we saw this coming here in Washington. We knew they weren't negotiating contracts. It seems like they just want everyone's co- – they, they want a clean slate here, a new regime, and that's the direction that they're heading in. I think they're doing things the right way. They know what they have in their players. They know what those guys are like in that building, and they decided to turn the page, Joe. They're in a teardown. They're in a teardown, and wow, it's just both guys are gone at the end of the year. You're not tagging either. You weren't extending either. So let's get something. 
Um, Rivera is going to be gone. They're trying to get an answer on the quarterback. If he can stop taking sacks is how will someone that they can work with moving forward and figure everything else out? Not quite sure. It's funny in the DC area, your perspective on the chase young is, Oh, you didn't get enough. Like, look, you got so much for sweat, but you didn't get enough for Chase Young. What are you doing? And the idea here is, what are the Bears doing? You're giving up so much again. And Chris Mack covering the Steelers, you know, we did this a year ago. It is hard to erase the Claypool trade. It's hard. These players are on different tiers, though. Different tiers. Like Montez Sweat is an accomplished impact player. Chase Claypool was, okay, he was pretty good as a rookie. Can he get back to that? And and he hasn't. And what the Bears traded away a year ago for Claypool, for people that forget, was their second rounder, which ended up being a first rounder because it was number 32 overall in the draft. Mm-hmm. So the question is, are the Bears doing that again for a guy that is about to be a free agent? They have all the money in the world. Um, so the expectation is they do extend him. If they can't work out an extension, if he doesn't like being a bear, which I would totally understand, they'll end up tagging him because they have the money to tag him. 27 years old. He is better than young. But my point is that got a lot of Bears fans upset is, look, they're not going to be in a position to win, even in an awful division outside of the Lions. They're not going to be in a position to win while he is in his 20s. And yes, Things can flip in this league, but they need so much. They need to keep acquiring picks and moving down and not trading away assets. And that was my biggest uh, issue with with the sweat move that, I mean, you you are in no position to trade away what's going to be a very high second-round pick. Yeah, Sweat, Young, holding on to Jalen Johnson. It's like the Bears don't get where they're at on the timeline right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they just they don't understand where they're at. And, and Washington being more aggressive on on their teardown, maybe you know, gunning maybe for a top ten pick. They sit eleventh now, I think it is. Um, saying, hey, we'll we'll see what we have, like you said, Joe and Sam Howe. And then another team that has been very clear about what they're trying to do this year. They are. All in on tanking. The Cardinals deal Josh Dobbs to Minnesota. <laughs> and I, I think what's interesting here is that, you know, Josh Dobbs is what he is. He's a career backup quarterback who's maybe found a little something in Arizona. Really smart guy. Great guy. I know him from his time here in Pittsburgh. Super nice guy. Super, like I said, intelligent. He's literally a rocket scientist. Everybody talks about, you know, that's what he went to Tennessee for. Uh, now he goes to Minnesota, a team that's back to 500, who's maybe three weeks away from getting Justin Jefferson back. Who knows? Maybe the Vikings surprise the heck out of all of us again, Joe. Maybe light a little bit of a spark, that spark that we saw in the first yeah. few weeks of the Cardinals season when the market was clearly more down on on the Cardinals than they should have been. So they they exceeded expectations early, and then things kind of settled in. Maybe you can get that. He's going to have better receivers in Minnesota, not much of an offensive line. They're not interested in running the football at all. So we're going to get a chance mm-hmm. to see what Dobbs can, can do. It's, it's a slight upgrade. It's not going to take much to get one of those last couple of wildcard spots in the NFC. It's not going to take much. If you can hang around 500, there's going to be a team there. And right now, Minnesota has the last playoff spot with a four and four record. They keep winning without Justin Jefferson. Try to make sense of that. Uh, but but they have winnable games in this division. Jordan Love stinks. We know what the Bears are. So yeah, there's a lot of a lot of winnable games. They can make the playoff. I was wondering if they were going to tank moving forward. They're clearly not. They had the opportunity to, to tank and lose 
with, with their current quarterback, but they decide not to. So I thought this was very telling. Kevin O'Connell was a quarterback coach right here in Washington. Colt McCoy was on the team then. He decides Mm -hmm. to pass on Colt McCoy and go with Josh Dobbs. I was a bit surprised, but maybe we're going to learn a lot about Kevin O'Connell as a talent evaluator because he had to have had a, a big say in who they brought in. Vikings plus 225 to make the playoffs. So when you're keeping an eye on the back end of that NFC playoff picture, and like you said, Joe, it is really thin once you get down past, what, the five seed in the NFC Mm -hmm. and you start scraping the bottom of the barrel for some of those teams. Uh, We'll talk World Series Game 4, react to what was an absolute drubbing of the D-backs by the Rangers, and NFL power rankings. The best receivers in the NFL. We just mentioned a guy who might be coming back from injury soon. Who else tops our list alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth? I'm Chris Mack. In for Eddie Gruss today, you are locked into BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. was over early Chris Mack in for Eddie Gross alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth here on BetQL Daily presented to you by BetMGM guys NFL wide receiver power rankings all right I get to fill in for Ed and I get to do power rankings this is fun and we get to do a fun position which is wide receivers so I I have a feeling again it's just a feeling where we're all going to come down on the top one or two but let's count down from Five. Let's start, Joe, with power ranking the wide receivers currently in the NFL. Who you got at number five? Well, we got here because, of course, you have the best guy in the game, Justin Jefferson, out with his injury. And we talked a week ago a lot about A.J. Brown for Offensive Player of the Year at 25-1 to because he's going to smash the commander's secondary. He did that. His number makes a big move. And then I started making the case yesterday, well, what about CeeDee Lamb and the run that he's on? So then we, start, we started talking, okay, how, how would you rank these receivers? That's how we got here. Uh, number five, I don't know that it's a player that you guys are going to have on your top five, but I refuse to have a wide receiver list. for. And this guy's out there every week, and he's a part of the number one story in the NFL this morning. I cannot have a top five wide receiver list and not have Devontae Adams on there. I don't care. And it is not his fault what is happening. I have to put him on this list. Chris, you saw him go for 172 and two touchdowns earlier this year against the Steelers. That's what he can do when you actually target him, when you have a quarterback that can, that can throw it to his area. So, I mean, I'm going to start there with Devontae. My guess is that not everybody has him on the list. Number four, I'm going to go with Jamar Chase. Don't have him higher because... Obviously, early in the season when we had the Burrow struggles with the calf injury, he wasn't able to put up big numbers. But even last year, he has these massive games. Like he did this year. He had a three-touchdown game. He has four touchdowns on the year. Three came in one game. But even last year when he was so great, he had four 100-yard games. You don't see the same consistency. And he's got a great complement on the other side with T. Higgins and an elite quarterback. So that's why I don't have him cracked in the top three, but certainly Jamar Chase deserves a lot of love. He's number four. Number three, Stephon Diggs. Now that's a guy I think of 
when I when I think of consistency at the position. The offense is Josh Allen and Diggs. The run game here and there. They're leaning on it a little bit more this season. Gabe Davis here and there. He pops once in a while, but you don't get that consistency that you get with Stephon Diggs. He's there every week, and I don't know that he's he gets the uh, deserved credit. Uh, number two overall. This is a tough one. I ended up going with Tyreek. He's the fastest man on the planet. He's great at finding the perfect situation, and I would do exactly what he's done. In Kansas City, he's got the best quarterback in the world, and he's got Andy Reid. Okay, I'll go to I'll go to uh, Miami, and he gets in a Mike McDaniel offense, which has a terrific run game. Waddle on the other side, terrific play caller. I know he's your leader in the clubhouse right now for offensive player of the year, but I decided to put him number two, which means I did go AJ Brown number one overall, six straight games, 127 yards or more. Loved this dude when he was in Tennessee. It's like, get him a quarterback, get him with some other weapons, an offensive-minded coach, and he's going to take off, and that's what he's done. He's got a great receiver on his side, but they're like, you know what? Let's just keep going to AJ. That's how good he is. We don't need to get, get to make sure that Devontae Adams, uh, Devontae Smith is getting his. So I go AJ Brown one, Tyreek two, Diggs, Chase, and Devontae number five. Interesting. We definitely, I mean, yeah. the top two, I, I think we're all going to have those guys in the top two. You inverted the order, I suspected, but I, I, mm-hmm. I'm i here for the one and two in, in either order. Diggs, Chase, and Adams after that. Aaron, your top five wide receivers right now. Power rank them for me. All right, so I had a slightly different process than Joe. I threw out my priors and factored in stats for this season and also which receivers mean more to their team's success this year. Um, so I did not have Devontae Adams on there, even though you look at you know how good he can be and his potential, but I just don't think the Raiders are going to make the playoffs or do anything, so I thought it was a bit irrelevant in my process to put him on so at number five this guy has about half the receiving yards as Tyreek Hill yet he has the six most receiving yards in the league his father thinks Kevin Durant should be doing some calf raises talking about Amon Ross St. Brown he has the six most receiving yards in the NFL and I think his success is vital to this Lions squad, so I put him in at number five, especially if you look at the quarterback. I mean, he's got to have some weapons there, so Amon Ra, number five. Number four, this player continues to be one of the most well-rounded receivers in the game. He's also from the DMV area, and his career has gotten much better since he left Minnesota. I'm talking about Stephon Diggs. 748 receiving yards, six TDs, which is fourth best in the league, second best in his conference. Number three, we got a dominant wide receiver and a quarterback who definitely benefits from his talent. Um, not as many big plays from this dude as we saw in his rookie year, but uh, he's a big reason big part of what makes this Bengals offense go. And I'm talking about Jamar chase 656 yards, four touchdowns, seventh best in the NFL. I put him a bit higher because we need him to be good and doing his thing. If the Bengals are going to go far in the playoffs. So I thought that was important to put him at number three, number two, 
I did not. I, I went with AJ Brown here last season. We saw what kind of an impact he could make. Um, we knew his potential and he had already made a name for himself in Tennessee, but once he got to Philly, he just absolutely elevated that Eagles offense. And I think he makes Jalen hurts look better too. I think he should be considered for offensive player of the year. So AJ Brown, 939 yards, five touchdowns. Number one, it's obvious going with Tyreek Hill here. He's dangerous. He's speedy. It's hard to stop him. According to PFF last season, Tyreek caught 52% of his contested targets last season. I thought that was also impressive. He's number one in receiving yards and touchdowns in the league. And he earns the top spot for me. All right. Aaron goes with Amon Ross St. Brown five digs four. Chase three, A.J. Brown two, Tyreek Hill one. So the only change there from Joe's list, at least as far as the top five, is Devontae out and St. Brown in. Now, my top five. And I'll tell you some of the guys I don't have in my top five as a way to build suspense because that's what we do in this business. Um, Even though he's number three, according to PFF, Brandon Ayuk just doesn't have the raw numbers so far this year to be top five for me. C.D. Lamb, uh, again, raw numbers not quite there, but he's he's obviously the key to Dak Prescott continuing to not turn the ball over the way Dak wants to avoid turning the ball over. Justin Jefferson, not on the list because he's not healthy, so that makes it very easy to omit him. Although I did consider for the number five spot, the guy who has more or less taken over Jefferson's role in the Minnesota offense, Jordan Addison. Wow. He has been huge for Kirk Cousins and now whoever ends up playing quarterback for Minnesota uh, in the coming weeks, probably Josh Dobbs eventually once they get him settled in. I did consider Jordan Addison at number five. I do not have Devontae on my list. Uh, I do not have Jamar Chase on my list. I'm sorry, Bengals fans. I just, I look at what the Bengals offense was able to do or maybe more accurately not able to do the first few weeks of the season when Joe Burrow was not 100%. And I say, wait a second. If you're an elite top five wide receiver in the league, you've got to be able to help your quarterback, not just your quarterback help you. And so I leave Chase off of my top five as well, which means my number five is rookie of the year probably. The guy who's just lighting it up as far as rookie receiving records go, Puka Nakua in L.A. 89 targets, 61 catches, averaging 13 per catch. The only number I don't like with Nakua, only two touchdowns to this point. But dependable, when Cup was out, he was able to help Matt Stafford as much as the Rams were able to keep that offense afloat. Number four, a guy who's made both of your lists already, and in the same spot where Aaron had him, Stephon Diggs. The Bills go as Diggs go. I wish they would lean in on a run game a little bit more to save Josh Allen from himself, but they have yet to do so, which means, again, as Allen and Diggs go, so go the Buffalo Bills. Number three, a guy who was not on Joe's list and only number five on Aaron's list, but in my mind (laughs) is the reason Detroit has the offense they have this year. It is. It's Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, I, I, the lions don't have this offense. Jared Goff doesn't look like he has to this point this season without Amon Ross St. Brown seemingly catching anything within 15 feet of him. So he's my number three. 
My number two, yep, A.J. Brown. Uh, he is number two with a bullet, though. Like, he is quickly, he's got, if this were, uh, like, an album chart, it would have that little flame next to A.J. Brown's name because he is <laughs> rising quickly. The, I mean, he, he, Tyreek Hill, who is going to be my number one, is averaging 126 yards receiving a game. A.J. Brown has 125 a game for each of the last six weeks. When the Eagles have needed to find their footing, it's been Hurts to A.J. Brown. So A.J. Brown is number two, and Tyreek Hill is number one almost by default. Um, to be the man, you got to beat the man. So if A.J. Brown can start to catch Tyreek Hill in some of those key numbers, yards per game, total yards, touchdowns, but you can't beat eight touchdowns and 1,000 yards receiving eight games into the season. So my top five, Nakua, Diggs, St. Brown, A.J. Brown, and then Tyreek Hill, number one. What do we think of our list, Joe? Where did we miss? I'm a little relieved that the Rams have some representation here on your list because I, I thought it was shaping up like, okay, you could make the argument that they're the best duo or maybe they end up by the end of the season being the, the best one-two punch on the outside yeah. in the NFL, and we almost didn't have them represented. So I'm glad that you decided to make the tough call with Puka. Cooper Cup is interesting. He's now healthy, and nobody put him on their list. Like yeah. you go back a year ago, and it's one or two with a bullet, right? Yeah. And yeah. things change quickly in this league. Uh, Jefferson, if we do this at the start of the season, he's everyone's number one, and you know Devontae's probably in everyone's top three. It, it, things change so so quickly. Where did we miss? Maybe I missed with Amon Ross St. Brown, but part of the reason is. I kind of look at all the weapons that they do have, and they have so many pieces. And you guys are probably right that St. Yeah. Brown makes it all go, but it's somebody new every single week. He's the consistency part, but this week it was a Gibbs game. Sometimes it's a Montgomery game. Sometimes it's a Laporta game. They have so many weapons that they've acquired on that offense that they don't need St. Brown to, to go for 100 every single week, even though he can do it on any given week. If it's a top six, he probably makes my list. Aaron, am I, I crazy for not his... including Jamar Chase on this list? Sorry. No. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think if, you, if you're if you in the camp of, you know, the Bengals are going to go on a run uh, and Joe Burrow's finally healthy, I think it's, you know, important to factor him in. You know, they need him to be good. Is T. Higgins going to be that guy? I don't think so. So it's got to be Jamar Chase, right? Um, and then when it, it, just looking at Amon Ra, I just thought his stats were there, even though I agree, Joe, you could make the argument to leave him off the list. thought his stats were there, um, to include him. Yeah. No, the, Chase the numbers just are there. Has so many, Chase has so many duds. I, I don't hate that one at all. I thought that I was pushing him down a little bit compared to perception at number four. But I don't have a problem with him not making the list at all, really. I mean, it's mm -hmm. he's so reliant on Burrow. And then, okay, yeah, you had this awesome 200-yard game. Or you had this great three-touchdown game. You won it for us. What are you going to do next week? Because then he'll, he'll put up a 55 spot for you. Yeah, and, and I think there's you made a good point, Joe, about where this list was at the beginning of the year or maybe at the end of the season last year. I think there's a good question about where this list is in, say, four or five weeks. Like, when we get into December and the mm -hmm. stretch run, like, 
Justin Jefferson, we talked about, is going to be back. Does he immediately does he immediately make Josh Dobbs look like Kirk Cousins? Do we do we find out that <laughs> Kirk Cousins is just a product of Justin Jefferson? I mean, that that's something to keep an eye on as well because like we talked about earlier with the Vikings being right there at 500 and that NFC playoff picture being so weak, they're going to have something to play for next month. This is BetQL Daily. Chris Mackin for Ed Egross alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. Coming up next, what's left to bet on in the World Series with the Rangers trying to close it out against the Arizona Diamondbacks tonight in Game 5, plus the latest line moves for NFL Week 9 here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Get locked into you. Now Seeger to right center field, way back there. Good again. Corey Seeger does it again. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Chris Mack in for Ed Egros today here on BetQL Daily alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. You have got us live on the BetQL network, streaming inside your Odyssey app. Of course, you can watch on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL. And you know, everything good is out there in podcast form later in the day as well, once we are done. Uh, from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific every single day. We talk Thursday night football because it's just a little more than 24 hours away in a couple of moments. But as we mentioned to start the show, friends, it was not much of a game for Adolis Garcia out. Eh, so what? The Rangers still put up a bunch of runs and updated World Series pricing. Now, really not much to bet on series wise, unless you think there's a miracle in store from the Diamondbacks. Uh, Texas minus 1400 to win the series as they're up three games to one. Arizona plus 300. Corey Seager's MVP number now at minus 450. A bullpen game on both sides last night. Game five tonight. Uh, I I just, I don't see uh, plus 800, pardon me, Arizona, on the updated series price. Want to make sure I get that right. Um, I I don't see Arizona coming back in this one, Joe. This is, this thing's done uh, maybe, maybe Texas gets to go back home and finish it off there, but I imagine they'd rather finish it off tonight in game five. 10 and O on the road in the playoffs. They finished mm-hmm. this off tonight. That is going to be the story going 11 and O on their run. Um, I didn't know what to expect coming in because every time you doubt Arizona here, they, here they come back and, uh, they, they shut a lot of people up in a, a big story. I'd say the other day with this World Series was that it's the low games one and two Friday Saturday not against the NFL lowest rated World Series ever ever yeah and there is a big deal made about the market size it's not about the market it's about the established stars and the excitement around it and like last night another blowout game so I I'm at um, a Halloween party last night a lot you know a lot of kids and you know, all the parents are friends. I would say between kids and the parents, there were probably 40 people in the house for much mm-hmm. of the time. And most of the adults around the island in the kitchen in that area and the living rooms connected with the big screen TV has the World Series on. 
Not one person out of 40 in that house were watching that game. Not one. It was on the entire time, but nobody is interested. Nobody cares. People are like, oh, don't you don't you need to watch this closer? You got to talk about it in the morning. I'm like, mm, not really. <laughs> Look at the score right now. We're, we're arguing about the Montez sweat trade for the last 45 minutes. Some people like it. Some right. people hate it here in Chicago. That's the story. What's going on with the NFL? All the quarterback interests that we have this week. Like nobody's nobody's interested. However, it would not surprise me if Arizona steals one here. And then it just extends it a little bit. But we know, Aaron, that it's now 86% of the time. When a team goes up 3-1, they end up winning the World Series. I, I was there for for the Game 5 when the Cubs won it, when they started their comeback, and then they go on the road, which is what would hap- what happened here. But uh, I don't see it happening. Maybe they steal one, but then it's a wrap. Mm-hmm. So I was also at a Halloween party and the mom and dad, my friends are heavy betters. They listen to the BetQL network all the time. And so um, my friend, she was like, what sports are on tonight? I was like the world series. And they're like, nah, we're good. They ended up putting on some stupid cartoon on Netflix. I had to wait until I got home. I flip it on and it's like the third inning. Or I don't know some train thing. I I didn't pay attention to it. It, it was there was a debate. Do we do Coco Melon and then that like hypnotizes kids and there's just a whole <laughs> other story. So anyways, but yeah, that was interesting. I'm you know it was scoreless and then all of a sudden the floodgates opened in that game and it was over. And now Nasty Nate, my guy, back on the mound. I'm excited. It feels like it's over. I'm with you, Chris. Uh, it feels like the Rangers are going to wrap things up. Yeah, I think Evaldi bounces back tonight uh, after the the didn't get out of the fifth. Uh, I think it was uh, earlier in the series. I, I he's been a stud right. this postseason, and I think we get that tonight in a in a clinching atmosphere. But just to round out story time on on Halloween parties, same deal. <laughs> just like just like you described it, Joe. I was at a similar uh, house where. There's most of us around the kitchen island, and we're sitting there talking about different stuff. And but like the one Aaron was at, cartoons on the TV. Like there wasn't mm-hmm. even a thought of the World Series Wait, being on. Wait, not not the Grinch at your house or this party for you when <laughs> you came yet, home and go to the Christmas movies. Yes. No. Yeah. That, that was <laughs> when we weekend? woke up this morning. Yeah. <laughs> Mariah Carey on loop. Um, so. <laughs> Which again is not There's necessarily Ralphie. a bad thing. Yeah, can't move my arms. Um, so, it, it, as far as drama goes, I think it's a really good point, Joe. Like this postseason, maybe maybe the postseason's just too long. Maybe, maybe we finally reached that point in baseball where, like, after the Rangers Astros series, I'll be honest, I, I kind of checked out, and I don't think it had as much to do with the matchup mm-hmm. as it was like that was the series and. It's not just because, like, half of my family is from Texas and Rangers fans and Astros fans. Like, I really I, – I get a feel that, like, that series was the last one. And once the Phillies fall out of it and they were kind of a darling this fall for a lot of people around the country because they were fun to watch, mm-hmm. um, we didn't get Astros Phillies or even Rangers Phillies. And, again, nothing against the Diamondbacks, but, like, it, I, I don't know how many drawing cards there are in this series, you know? Yeah, I, I feel like if we have Bryce Harper, Schwarber, mm-hmm. J- Jake Hassan, our producer, would be 
he's probably very mad at hearing this, but <laughs> because he follows it, he knows every young stud that's coming up and he's got bets on them and, and prop bets and all that. But we're talking about the masses. That's the difference. I don't like yeah. that it bleeds into November, but if it's an exciting World Series, it's going to bring people in. What does, and part of the reason I don't like the whole November thing is there's everything. There's hockey every night. There's NBA. We've got college basketball starting in like a week or something like that. It's just ridiculous the amount of uh, sports that are going on right now. And baseball is in no place to go against everything. But if it was exciting, if it was exciting, I think it would draw people in. But it's certainly a fair point. Maybe it is too long. Look, college basketball, March Madness, the most exciting part is that first week. And then mm-hmm. it kind of fades away a little bit. Is the Final Four as exciting? Usually not. I think that's going to happen in college football's playoff a little bit. We'll see. We'll see next year. We'll go over the rankings, but the excitement might be the mass amount of games, and that's part of the excitement that we saw in the wild card round, division round, and baseball's going on all day. But now we're here, and probably the blowouts. If we had close games. It, w- it wouldn't be the lowest World Series ever. Yeah, yeah I, think I mean, right. I also like with the star power, sometimes you have to play in a World Series for everyone to know your name and get right. that recognition. And so maybe there'll be more excitement around these two teams next year when everyone knows who these guys are. I mean, we do and Jake does because we follow it. But, you know, the casual fans and sports bettors probably don't know who a lot of these young stars are in either of these teams. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 you're right. And, and I think Joe said it earlier when he mentioned, you know, if there's Harper and Schwarber and some names and some fun guys mm-hmm. in this thing, it's a whole lot different. Uh, it is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Chris Mack in for Ed Egros today alongside Joe and Aaron. And uh, total eight and a half on game five tonight. Uh, Rangers favored on the money line. Well, on the money line, it's even actually minus 110. Pardon me. Rangers on the run line, minus one and a half at plus 150. Diamondbacks plus a run and a half at minus 185. Thursday night football, a little more than 24 hours away. Uh, Kenny Pickett saying yesterday at his media availability, for sure, he's going to play Thursday night, even with some injured ribs. Uh, The line on this one has gone from Steelers by three and a half at opening to now Steelers by two and a half. Perhaps the thoughts of an injured Pickett being back there behind an offensive line that has not done him a ton of favors this year. Um, is first and foremost. Interesting to me that we're kind of under the magic number of three here, though, Joe, on a short week road game for Tennessee. There's a lot of things in play here. First thing that I saw on Sunday uh, with Pitt, with not Pickett, with uh, Levis's performance is, okay, mm-hmm. who they playing next week? Because I can't wait to go against Levis. Yes, he was hitting on those bombs, but it is not something that's sustainable. And now you get a little bit of tape tape out there for for a good coaching staff i know it's a quick turnaround but i felt there would be an overreaction in the market and then i say oh it it was the steelers laying more than a field goal like you said now we're down to two and a half there are some spots that are still hanging at three curious where this ends up closing tomorrow okay pickett's playing a hobbled picket what's better a hobbled picket or trubisky maybe the same mm-hmm. yeah. maybe it's the same with, with a healthy half trubisky. dozen of the other yeah, I mean, Travis, a hobbled picket laying points. I know he wouldn't be the reason you win and cover, but it's still, that's 
that's a little bit dicey to me that if it was closer to a pick I feel like this would be an easier play. And I don't want to bet against Tomlin again in a close game here. Short week against a rookie quarterback. I love Will Levis, and I hope the magic carpet ride continues, but I don't know if this is the spot on a short week against Mike Tomlin and the Steelers. Yeah, I, I don't. I never trust a man that puts mayonnaise in his coffee. I'm sorry. Um, mm-hmm. I think <laughs> there's only one ever. There's only one. Like it's not like it's a long list of men with mayonnaise. In right. Coffee. <laughs> exactly. So that four touchdown performance, really nice. Although doing it in the 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 old Oilers powder bl- love you blue jerseys, like that was a kick to the gut for every single Houston football fan over the age of 30. Like watching Will Levis go out there with an oil derrick on the side of his helmet in the powder mm-hmm. blue. That's 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 not the way that's supposed to work. Um but you're right. We're down under 3 now, Joe. And that indicates that this line's being driven by Pickett's availability or health when maybe we should all be betting this one based on Will Levis and what we expect from him, like Aaron said, up against Mike Tomlin and a secondary that's dealing with injuries. Minka Fitzpatrick going to be out as well. That's something to keep an eye on. You're listening to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, alongside Aaron Hawksworth and Joe Ostrowski. I'm Chris Mack. Coming up next, a huge college football slate. Five ranked matchups. A move in Heisman odds, perhaps, and the first CFP rankings out as well. That's all next right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.